Welcome to another episode of the MMA Lockcast. This week, I'm going to be going over my 2019 year-end review. With that said, Happy New Year. Um, I wanted to do this just to, just pretty much for my own sanity. You know, I had a really tough year, especially after UFC 238. That's where it seemed to start to take a downturn, and it's been, you know, crashing down ever since. I had a little, you know, hope redeemed in myself uh, with a couple events, but in the end, it you know, it was still a pretty... Uh, a tough second half to the year. Um, yeah, I, I did a year-end review last year with my man Newsom, where we actually introduced the tape index. And, uh, you know, we weren't able to get our schedules to line up this time around. Uh, so I decided to do it myself regardless. You know, this is something that I want to do. And, uh, you know, ending the, the ending the year the way that I did, uh, I, 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 felt, I felt it was pertinent. You know, I, I thought that it was very important that I go out there and, and, you know, not hide from the fact that I had such an abysmal year uh, when it comes to the close. Uh, you got to be able to learn from it, move forward, uh, and try to, you know, figure out the best strategy to move forward. Uh, you know, tough year. Um, overall, minus 41.82 units. Ugh, that fucking hurts. You know, it definitely hurts the bank account. Um, but I know that it's something that uh, I can redeem. You know, I I know I'm good at this. Um, still have a 62-ish percent lock of the night record, which is not the best. You know, I, I'm I'm still working on that. I've always wanted to have at least a 70 to 72 percent hit rate when it came to my my lock of the night plays. Um, yeah, it hurts. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so let's 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 go through uh, let's go through some of these categories first, and then I'll get down to an actual like my actual thoughts in terms of uh, how I did for the year as a whole. Uh, but I have a bunch of different categories. It's the same categories that we went over uh, in the last year-end review. Uh, so let's get to it. Um, first off, best bet of the year. So I had uh, a couple runner-ups here. I had uh, Patrick Mix over uh, Ricky Bendejas. Uh, I thought that was a great bet because I love spotting some of these guys before they're able to like get that uh, you know, get the real mainstream rub, uh, not even the mainstream rub, but like the main gamblers rub. A lot of people were kind of uh, not too familiar with Patrick Mix before he came into that fight with, with Ricky Bandejas, who also had a lot of steam behind him, you know, beating James Gallagher, I believe, in the fight before. And then Patrick Mix comes out here, underdog odds. I thought they were great odds, uh, and I was more than happy to take a shot on him there. That was a candidate for one of my best bets. Another candidate for my best bet of the year was uh, Ian Kutilaba inside the distance over Khalil Roundtree. A lot of people are riding Khalil Roundtree's coattails there, saying this guy is the real deal. You know, he showed uh, great improvements in his fight against Eric Anders, but it takes more than one fight for me to be like, all right, this is this guy's the the shit. This guy's legit. He's definitely revolutionized his game, uh, and we're going to get a better version of him every time out. I wasn't buying into that. You know, I thought there was a lot of value on Kutila, but especially inside the distance at the, that plus money, and I had to take the shot, and I thought that was one of my best bets of the year. But I think my best bet of the year by far uh, has got to be uh, Valentin Shevchenko inside the distance over Jessica I, 1.25 units at minus 102. Kind of surprised that the line was this close. And I was kind of surprised at the narrative that a lot of people were thinking that uh, Shevchenko was just going to cruise to a decision victory here. If you guys study the game of Jessica I, you know, she is a little bit durable and she has uh, some good wins under her record. However, you know, she's very hittable and there aren't many girls out there in that division that hit like a Valentina Shevchenko. The only person out there that I could think of is, uh, you know, 
Amanda Nunes, and she's a 135er. So if we're talking about the 125 division in particular, Shevchenko is probably the heaviest hitter and the most technical, and she's going to be able to find those uh, the perfect counters to be able to put out a girl like Jessica. So what did we get? Probably one of the best knockouts of the year. Absolutely dead at Jessica. And I was more than happy to cash that ticket. Um, but yeah, I was very surprised. Uh, and I, I feel like that was the best bet of the year for me. Um, just due to the, the narrative that was out there uh, on Shevchenko cruising to a decision victory. Let's go from best to worst. So my worst bet of the year, in my opinion, was uh, just actually the last event that I bet on. Uh, Rampage Jackson over Fedor Emelianenko. I took one unit at plus 120 for Rampage. Should have put a little bit more work in here, even though I got the plus money on Rampage. And considering how Fedor has looked and how easily he's been able to get put out by some of these guys, I thought Rampage, no matter what shape he came in, was going to be able to land on Fedor. But I will... You know, you can color me surprised once you saw uh, Rampage on the scale. Well, you didn't even get to see him on the scales pr- properly because the guy kept, fucking kept his shirt on. Uh, but, you know, once he once he got in the cage and you saw how much fat this guy was having and the fact that he had to cut down to get to 265 was ridiculous. Um, yeah, I got to say that's one of the worst bets of the year for me. Um, you know, I was all over it plus money. I'm like, Rampage just has to land one. Uh, and you know, all it took for Fedor was to land one as well. Uh, against a rampage that didn't seem like he was completely there. You know, you're, you're 265 going into a fight that you know you have always talked about as being one of your dream fights, and it looked like you even trade a day in your life for it. So, I'd say that's one of the worst bets of the year for me. Um, if not the worst bet of the year for me. All right, let's move on to luckiest bet of the year. I believe, uh, even though it was a lock of the night play with Claudio Silva over Danny Roberts, there's a lot of uh, luck that came into this. I thought it was going to be an easy one for Silva, get this fight to the ground, get the submission within the first round and a half. However, it went a little bit longer than that. Both guys showed a lot of gas tank issues, uh, and we kind of got lucky with uh, Claudio Silva getting that phantom tap from Danny Roberts. Um, say what you want. I don't think he completely tapped there, uh, and it was a very close fight. You know, if that had actually gone to a decision, uh, so I felt very lucky that the ref saw some sort of tap from Danny Roberts uh, and Claudio Silva got the victory there. And especially the amount of submissions that he was throwing up so lazily and, and you know, Roberts was just able to get out of them. I was pretty much on the edge of my seat that entire time. Uh, and uh, I was more than happy when I saw fucking Claudio Silva actually get the victory there. So uh, I'd say that's the luckiest bet for me. And then on the flip side, unluckiest bet of the year, uh, I got two. Um, I'll give you my runner-up first. John Jones inside the distance over Tiago Santos. Afterwards, we find out that Tiago Santos tore his knee within, you know, I think it was the first round or second round. And John Jones just takes a sweet time and picks apart Tiago Santos uh, and even went to a split decision. You know, a lot of people gave that fight to Tiago Santos. Uh, but with John Jones, uh, you know, this seemed like a, an easy victory. You know, implement your fucking wrestling. You're going to get this guy to the ground and then work your top game from there and find the finish. He had no no agenda or no game plan to even try to take this fight to the ground. Uh, and I thought that was very unlucky on my part. Um, and then lastly, um, my actual unluckiest bet of the year, I'll have to give to Donald Cerrone. Uh, I took him via sub over Alexander Hernandez. 0.5 U at plus 550. Thought there was a lot of value there. You know, Cerrone is kind of synonymous with dropping guys and then seeking the, the, the submissions. Didn't seem like that here. It seemed like Alexander Hernandez rubbed him the wrong way in the lead up to this fight. And he just wanted to pound his fucking face in. And that kind of hurt me. (laughs) You know, I thought he got the the position that he wanted. 
didn't seek the choke uh, just as he normally does, uh, but instead he went for a TKO, KO, and got the, the victory there. Same thing kind of happened to me the prior year with Tyron Woodley. Uh, I had taken him to win by KO over Darren Till. He ends up going out there and getting a fucking uh, submission of some sort. Um, I like... Uh, it, it sucks that that happened, but, uh, you know... I thought the value was definitely worth it at plus 550, especially. Okay. Uh, most profit on a single bet. It was one of my lock of the night plays. I had a parlay of Movzar Evluev and uh, Lord Mikhail Oleksijak. Uh, I believe he beat Ant Gulov that night. Uh, I had 5U at minus 109. That was like a 4.59U um, uh, profit there. That was one of my biggest bets. And then most, uh, I guess, that the on the flip side, most loss on a single bet. You know, it's five units on a on a couple of occasions, strictly due to the fact that uh, you know most of my lock that I plays are five units. Um, most profit made on a single event. It was easily UFC two thirty five. Um, I had plus ten point six two units on that for a seventy three percent return on investment. I went five and zero that night. <laughs> it was a crazy, or sorry, four and zero that night. Crazy night of fights. Um, Quickly running down it, I had Kamaru Usman over Tyron Woodley, 1.5 units at plus 169. Uh, Zabit Magomed Sherpov over Jeremy Stevens as my lock of the night play for minus 188 uh, at five units. Another lock of the night play. This was a double lock of the night play tonight. Uh, Cody Garbrandt against uh, Pedro Munoz. Fight doesn't go to decision. Five units at minus 195. Uh, and then a couple. Uh, and then my another uh, a play here was... Uh, Johnny Walker inside the distance over Misha Serkinov, three units at minus 105. Killed that event. I saw a lot of traffic after that event too. Um, unfortunately, I just wasn't able to sustain it for the, throughout the year, but uh, definitely one of the highest viewed videos I had for my lockcast uh, and the most positive reception I've gotten pretty much all year uh, off of that event. Great event. I pretty much called everything to a T. Uh, I think I went 12 for 12 that night. Uh, and then unfortunately I fucked up and I, I don't know why, but I veered away on one of my Hail Mary parlays and I took Robbie Lawler instead of Ben Askren and it kind of paid for me. I don't know why I took Robbie Lawler there, but, um, you know, it is what it is. And then uh, biggest loss made on a single event. So this is on the flip side, minus 13.75 units at UFC 239. That one fucking hurt. That one was really rough. I had Luke Rockhold as my lock of the night play over Jan Blachowicz. Five units at minus 175. That hit. That does not hit. I had another five units. This was one of my unlucky bets, actually, or a nomination for my unlucky bet was Jones inside the distance over Thiago Santos. That was minus five units. Um, dog of the night play on Alejandro Perez over uh, Song Yedong. 1.5U at, uh, at plus 206. I uh, had a parlay of Ishmael Nardiev, who lost to Chancellor and Country that night, and Julia Vila parlay uh, 1.5 units at minus 125. And then lastly, I had a small stab, 0.75 units on Claudia Gudella to win inside the distance over Random Marcos at plus 335. Everything fucking whiffed that night, and it just definitely was not my night. Funny that both of those were uh, John Jones cards too. If I'm not mistaken, UFC 235 was headlined by Jones and uh, Anthony Smith. All right, sharpest bet of the year. I got to go with Kamaru Usman over Tyron Woodley. I had 1.5 units at plus 169. Very surprised at uh, the fact that Usman wasn't closer to an even bet here or even odds. I wish I went a little bit deeper, but I didn't want to get too overzealous and stray too far away from like risk management. Uh, But 
thought there was plenty of value on Usman here, and I was surprised that people thought that you know Woodley was going to be able to keep up with his pace. Woodley was going to be able to out wrestle him. No, like Usman absolutely shut him down. And say what you want about Woodley not showing up that night. Usman fucking showed up and shut down Woodley. I don't care what anybody says. If that fight happens again, it's going to happen 10 out of 10 times. And I would take Usman every time, probably as much as a lock of the night play every single fucking time. The guy is going to be a problem at one for, uh, 170, uh, just as he said himself. Uh, and it's going to be a long time until we see anybody take that strap from him. Uh, and I thought Kobe Covington had the best chance. Didn't work out too well for him. It was a close fight, so I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch between them. Uh, but I think Usman's going to be running heavy uh, for that welterweight division for a long time. Stupidest bet of the year. Easily for me. Uh, Got to be my lock of the night play on Israel Adesanya inside the distance over Silva. Anderson Silva, five units at minus 132. That one was rough. Uh, I was so sure that Adesanya was going to show out. You know, there was that whole debacle with uh, Robert Whitaker having to pull out the morning of the fight against Calvin Gaslam. Uh, you know, and then Adesanya gets bumped up to the main event. It was still three rounds, uh, but he gets bumped up to the main event uh, in his neck of the woods. Uh, against a legend in Anderson Silva. And I thought this was the fight for him to really burst out into the mainstream, you know, put a show on against Anderson Silva. And people, most people enjoyed that fight. Not really too much me. You know, it was, it was fun to watch, but it was whatever. I, I didn't think it was like the best fight out there. Um, but yeah, I, I was expecting a little bit more of a killer instinct out of Adesanya. And he's the type of guy that doesn't push it too much. But I, I believe... Uh, I pushed a narrative on myself that he would want to go out there and and put on a show, get the finish, and and really burst onto the scene, especially with a victory over a guy like Anderson Silva. Didn't turn out that way, you know. It it it, it was a lot um, more tactical on his part. His part, he didn't really want to, you know, pull an Anderson Silva and like you know, uh, fuck this up and 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 have the fight snatched away from him. Uh, but yeah, that that one sucked. That that one was really tough to swallow. Uh, but I, I know what the what the what the issue there was, and and I I, I pushed myself into believing that there was some sort of narrative there uh, that there truly wasn't. Uh, biggest lean of 2019 that I passed on that I ended up winning got to be Diego Sanchez over Mickey Gall. Um, it was hovering around the plus 280 range when I was considering it. It got bet down to plus 210. Um, I think I set myself up for like plus 300. If it hit plus 300, I'd take the chance on Diego San- Diego Sanchez. But I try to hit it regardless. You know, Mickey Gall is still very green. And Diego Sanchez as over the hill as this guy is. Uh, I still think he presented issues for Mickey Gall uh, and could have got the victory there. And there you go. He got the freaking victory. Uh, so that one was really rough when uh, he actually won. Uh, and uh, I was kicking myself for passing on it. And uh, and then biggest lean of 2019 that I passed on that lost Got to be J.J. Aldrich uh, against Macy Barber. You know, I was still questioning Macy Barber's uh, skill level at that point. And Aldrich had a great first round. And then for some, somehow Macy Barber comes back in that second round and gets the finish there. Um, you know, made Aldrich look for a way out. Uh, she overwhelmed her with strikes and, and Aldrich eventually couldn't continue in that second round. Uh, plus 240 is for J.J. Aldrich. I thought there was a lot of value. You know, I, I thought that Macy Barber was just getting too much hype at the time. Uh but uh, you know she's showing that it's it's um, it's warranted. And here we go, another event that she's coming up in, uh, where she's a huge favorite. She's a minus a thousand favor over a bigger vet than JJ Aldrich in uh, Roxanne Modafferi. So is this another option for a, a possible you know bet? 
who knows? I think plus six, plus five fifty or whatever Rock stands at uh, is crazy. Um, but I'll get that. I'll get into that more a little bit in the next episode when we actually break down the card. But yeah, that was the biggest lean of 2019 that I had. JJ Aldrich over Macy Barber. I passed on it and it ended up losing, so I, I dodged a bullet there. Most valuable lesson that I learned in 2019. Um, I feel like I need to take more of a grounded stance on a side uh, before I see other people's opinions. And I, let me let me let me give some background regarding that. Um, I feel like subconsciously, subconsciously, I'm getting uh, influenced to to look certain ways. And I know as a as a capper, um, you know, that's the last thing you should do. You should stay firm with what you believe in and um, stick with it. You know, uh, ride with it. Obviously, have a little bit of an open mind to be swayed, uh, but once you pick a side, stay with that side as 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 much as you can and and defend it as much as you can until uh, you truly yourself see a crack, a viable crack, uh, or a chink in the armor of this bet that you're thinking of making. Um, you know, I don't go out there seeking opinions to 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 seek validation for the bet that I've made. Uh, but just scrolling through timelines and and just seeing other articles and stuff, it, it I feel like subconsciously it's done something to me. So I, I'm I'm trying to stay off Twitter a little bit just to, um, you know, make up my mind on these matchups before I even you know see what other people are saying. And again, I don't I don't go seeking out these opinions. As you're scrolling through tri- Twitter, you're just gonna come up across them. You know what I mean? I, I'm more than confident in myself. Uh, and I know that once I stick with these things, the, the perfect example, I got two examples, actually. I got uh, two the last two events before UFC 245. Uh, there was one where I had Aspen Lad was going to be my lock and then I play. I ended up passing on her, made a different lock and then I play. That ended up whiffing. I believe it was the Overeem and Rosenstrike under that I whiffed on there. And then James Krause had him as a big bet over Sergio Moraes. Oh, Alfred. Alfred. Hey, quit it. Quit it. Hey. Shh. All right. <laughs> Alfred making some noise, trying to be a little guard dog, you know what I mean? Either way. Um, yeah. And uh, sorry, yeah, James Krause over Sir Jim Rice was another going to be another lock that I bet for me. I was so deep in on it. And then I ended up taking the Antonio Hoyo and uh, Andre Munez under there as well, under two and a half. And that one, that one hurt as well. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I have nobody but to blame, but myself for, for making that last minute adjustment when I was so sold on these guys. So I, I need to continue the, the the confidence in myself and I need to, you know, make up my mind and, 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 and stick with it. Um, unless I feel like there is an actual um, claim to to think otherwise. So um, I feel like that's the most valuable lesson and then smartest piece of advice. You know, I, I don't think I'm currently in the sitting to give the best advice, um, but just 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 study your strategy, study what where you were successful and try to get into that mind state of what made you successful. Um, yeah, that that that's really all I can say. It's pretty cliche, pretty straightforward. But you gotta, you know, stick what makes you good, what makes you kind of stand out, but also makes you profitable. So I'm trying to go back to that for, you know, coming into 2020. Um, I tried, you know, even the last couple of events of 2019, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna say stay super strict. I'm only gonna make my lock and then I play, my dog and then I play. 
I feel like I can veer from that a little bit. I, I, you know, just overlooking my first half of 2019, there were some other value plays I were looking at. And then, uh, you know, some other value plays that I passed on uh, and I paid for it, you know, and, and I think that in 2020, I'm going to look to uh, capitalize on some of those value plays, but still be a little, um, uh, a little bit uh, more holding on to my risk, not risk as much, I should say. Uh, so I feel like that that's what I got to do, you know, ending the year as, as deep as I did, that was tough. Um, but I, I want to be transparent about it. You know, I, I don't want to hide from this. I don't want to try to sweep it under the rug, try to, you know, fuck around with my, uh, with my third party tracking or anything like that. It is what it is. And I, you know, I, it's going to be a big loss to, to, to overcome, but I believe and know I will overcome it. Uh, I just got to stick to my ways. I got I got to stick to to what I know best. Stick to my confidence, and 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 fucking move forward. Uh, yeah, that that that's pretty much it for my year end recap. I don't know how long that was, but uh, I hope you guys find it insightful. I appreciate everybody that's been along for the ride. You know those 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 um, diehards that have been sticking with the channel and even sticking with me through the through the tough second half of 2019 that I had. You guys are the bomb. This is the reason why I do it. You guys are the reason why I do it. And uh, I could potentially be going back to doing full reviews of our full breakdowns, full card breakdowns for my law cast shows. Um, you know, the Patreon thing was a little bit of a test, uh, but it's it's tough to, to dedicate that much material, uh, especially working at nine to five. So we'll see. You know, I'm still going to be doing the law cast plus for the Patreon for at least January, but come February, we'll see what's up. Uh, but you know, for the channel, there's a lot of big things going on. You guys have already seen, uh, and there's more stuff that you guys are going to see. I, I'm excited. I've added, I've added a lot to the studio. I'm adding a lot uh, of different types of content as well. Um, but just the, the main focus is handicap and MMA and, uh, you know, rebounding from such an abysmal year uh, and and giving you guys the best content that I possibly can as well, as well as some winners. You know I mean? Some proper lock of the night plays. Uh, and last thing, the one more thing that I, I've kind of been concerning is maybe not doing a lock of the night play every single night or every single event. If I'm not five units confident in it, maybe not make the play. But I've also introduced, you know, a couple months ago, uh, the 3.5 unit lock of the night play. You know, I'm confident in it, but not five units confident in it. So I'll try to play around with that and see where I am. Uh, in terms of UFC 246, that's going to come down, come out next week. I just wanted to drop this for you guys just to exercise my demons, get it all out there. I'm not trying to hide shit. You know, I had a shitty year, but we're still in the fucking game. We're still going to rock it. Um, and, uh, lastly, I lied this, I swear this is the last thing I promise you lock of the night challenge 2020. Um, the, the deadline for that is Saturday, January 11th at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's pretty much you pick one lock of the night play every UFC event. If you accumulate the most amount of profit uh, at the end of June, uh, you win the pot. You know, currently we're at uh, a $900 pot for the $100 game. And then I, I th 14 people in the $25 game currently. Uh, last season, we had 23 people in the $25 game and we had eight people in the $100 game. So we already got more in the $100 game. I'm expecting us to have more in the $25 game. If you guys are interested at all, 
I'm going to have a link below. It's going to be the Lock of the Night Challenge page on my Lock of the Night site. Uh, it's going to have all the rules and all that. Uh, and then you guys can either comment below and uh, ask me how to sign up or even just DM me on Twitter if you guys have me there at MMALOTN. And I'll be happy to sign you guys up, give you guys more info on whatever it is. I'm just trying to give another platform. A lot of people think it's easy to pick a Lock of the Night play every night. It's not that easy, to be honest. Uh, but here's your chance to 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 showcase that you can do it. Uh and also possibly win some money while you're at it. So uh, I appreciate you guys checking out the episode. As always, you should guys follow me at MMALOTN on Twitter. Check out the website, MMALOTN.ca. Uh, and I'll be back with you guys next week for another episode of the Lockcast. And I'm going to be back in Big Rob studio because we got uh, another guest coming on for you guys. So see you guys next time. Appreciate you guys watching. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, comment, do all that shit. Let me know what you guys think about my honest review of my year. Um, and again, appreciate you guys watching as always. See you.